Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. I love having conversations with my good friend, Kyle Haas, who um, he and I talk so much about religious beliefs, our former religious beliefs, spirituality, and, and a lot of other things, too. But uh, it seems like that's one thing that, that uh, we have good conversations on, brother. Yeah, for sure. And, so, uh, can I still? Yeah, absolutely. Can I still? Can I call you brother, even though we're not Christians? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, is that only when you're a Christian? Can you use that term? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sorry, if you left Christianity, you also can't. Uh, you've left. You've left the brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, or uh, we're all siblings because we share a common ancestry. That's right. That's where our brotherhood comes from. That's right. You know, I, I have a question. I'm, I'm curious. You seem to be a little bit more of, um, of, of a Bible scholar than, than I ever was. Um, you know, I was raised in church. Unlike you, I, I think you became a Christ follower, a Christian, like 15, 16 years old. Uh, yeah, around 15 or 16. Yeah. So for me, I was born and raised in it. It's all I ever knew. Which, by the way, brother, I'm reading a book called educated by Tara Westover. If you've not read it or heard of it, or, and I know you have a lot of studies going on, so maybe you should just write it down for something you can read later. Dude, it is so good. It's a memoir of a, of a girl that was raised in a super fundamental Mormon home, but also uh, in a survivalist survivalist home. So, so it was, it was like an extreme, 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 like no doctors, no hospitals. The government was corrupt. I mean, they, their kids didn't even have birth certificates. She didn't go to school at all until, uh, she went off to BYU. Um, anyway, it's dude, it's a fascinating story of, of just beliefs and, that just how you can have uh, what's I forget what the term is. I need to, I should, I'll maybe when I get a break, I'll grab the book and read from it. But she just talks about how she began to unpack and learn and, and realize, you know, come to understand everything that she had been taught and told was incorrect. And it was this slow journey of her body was reacting in a certain way, you know, like she'd have a headache and someone, when she went to college, it offered her ibuprofen and she just was like, viewed that as like the devil, the devil's pills. <laughs> and anyway, long story short, her head was hurting so bad that she went ahead and took them. And then it was like 30 minutes later, her headache was gone. <laughs> and she was like, it was like both relieved that her headache was gone, but then also, oh my gosh, is this like the witchcraft, you know, witchcraft of the devil that has, you know, blinded my headache like just weird like it sounds right. so crazy but you know a lot of what you and i talk about and what we're going to talk about today in our in our god talk is just you know for me being raised this way right or not this way but raised in a christian home it was all i ever knew everything that i learned and thought i understood it was the truth like it was the gospel you know it was it was the like I didn't think the earth was 6,000 years old. I knew it, <laughs> you know, like I knew there was a heaven and a hell and I knew that Jesus was God and that he was coming back 
again and the the rapture was real and like those it, that that was my worldview i i i didn't come to believe those later those that's all i ever knew nor understood so for you to be raised so what was it for you like what didn't you find it extremely strange uh no so i was a kid <laughs> i don't want to say somewhat detached from reality but i mean anything that you could believe in i believed in um you know aliens ghosts bigfoot i was all in on all of that oh. and uh you know i was a very imaginative kid i was very creative uh yeah, I just like believing in that kind of thing. And so God was really, even though I wasn't a devout Christian, you know, I guess you could say I was just kind of a very nominal Christian uh, because there was that influence around me, even though my parents, I think, are probably more along the lines of agnostics. I didn't really know what that meant, didn't really, you know, have any real definition to what that was, but I just kind of generally sort of believed in God and uh yeah yeah so I mean it didn't seem all that wacky or weird when I first started believing at all sure because I had had kind of already some wacky and weird beliefs <laughs> right <laughs> you know I I the only time I ever really kind of was aware that some of the beliefs that my family had was when I would bring like they'd have bring a friend to church Sunday, you know, bring a friend Sunday or whatever that was called. And you know, Sunday, bring a friend day, whatever. Anyway, I'd bring my friends or, and or friend and they would just be wigged out. <laughs> you know, it, it just really wigged them out. The wild thing is, especially for those of us in the Midwest, it's, how can I say this? it's kind of like everybody's Christian, like everybody's familiar with, you know, it's like most all the houses that decorate for Christmas, you see a manger scene, a nativity scene. I mean, that's not, I, I, I don't know. Cause I, I've never lived in, in, the, or in the East coast or the West coast or, a, or a country that's not overly religious. Um, yeah. or in fact, you know, like a country somewhere where like in India where it's, it is religious, but not Christianity. You know, yeah. it's, it's Hinduism. So it's just wild, man. I don't know. I just, I find it wild that it, it, it wasn't so weird to be a Christian, really. It was kind of like the normal thing to do. So it was, it for me anyway, it was everything that I knew and was taught in home. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, when I would go to school, there was a lot of Christians around. Most everybody would have considered themselves kind of a Christian. Yeah. You know, so going to church wasn't weird. Now I was being in the Pentecostal strain of church. That's what more wigged out my friends. I think that more than anything else, yeah, the you know, was, in tongues, yeah, the yeah. Getting slain in the spirit. That's right. Aunt Susie falling out in her dress, flying up over her head. Like that's the stuff that, you and know, someone a rattlesnake, you know, all the good stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thankfully, we never did that. Thank God. I think those are technically the Southern Baptists. I, I don't remember, though. Oh, really? The the real snake handlers? Yeah, I don't think it's a Pentecostal movement that does that. That's that's one weird thing we can't claim. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, recently I I did a post. I better say this. Well, I can say it later. I'll say a little. I'll do a little intro with a disclaimer. Make sure that all Christians know this is going to be a triggering podcast. Um, I did a post, which I do post every so often on Facebook, where I kind of just I don't know. People ask me why I do it because it stirs up so much grief with Christians often, and I guess I've always been this way. When I was a Christian, I would write things that I believed. And now that I'm not a Christian, <laughs> I continue to write things that I believe. So at least I'm consistent, Kyle. Uh, anyway, I <laughs> I had posted something recently. Uh, I think the title was Dinosaurs Aren't Real, comma, oh, and you're going to hell. <laughs> I think was the title, <laughs> which I knew that title in and of itself was going to be go over like a lead balloon. Um <laughs> And I think, you know, why it goes over like a lead balloon on my particular, I think, and I did delete that and block that Merle dude. It, like well, he, mean, was, he was just, he was off the, general. yeah, he was off the charts and, and he clearly identified himself. So I didn't delete his comments because I, I wanted him to look as bad as he is apparently from what he's saying and how he was saying it. Uh, but, but we you know, here we are, I post this thing and some Christians just said, I was never taught that. And I believe this and you know, whatever. And then there's the people that, you know, you're wrong and you're working for the devil and the devil's blinded your mind. And and this is dangerous that you're, you know, that's so fascinating to me, Kyle, <laughs> that, a, that, a that a thought outside of what these people apparently believe could be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember asking her to expand on that and, I don't remember. Uh, I don't think, or that individual, uh, I don't think they ever did. Yeah. Really expand on what they, why they thought it was dangerous to express a thought that, uh, I guess maybe if you make Christianity sound absurd, then fewer people are going to believe it. Yeah. You know, that's a dangerous thing. Well, but I when think you're saying yeah. that to someone who already doesn't believe, then. Right. Know, kind of a... <laughs> well, that's why I think I did reply. I said, of course I go, it is dangerous because it's, it goes counter to what this person believes. So it's dangerous for them to hear something other than what they already think is true, which I understand that concept of anything is dangerous. If it goes counter to what you believe, because it could possibly change your mind or wake you up. Right. I mean, it yeah. could, it could, it could threaten because danger represents a threat, so it's a threat to what they believe. Right. Or a threat to what, you know, it may not be a threat to them personally, but maybe they feel it's a threat to other Christians. Oh, absolutely. Or or a threat to the message of God, which is ultimately, I'm in danger of, of working for the devil, and I could right. ensue God's wrath. Or inadvertently send people to hell by turning them away by painting up a, uh, a picture of Christianity that they felt was inaccurate. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And I remember, I remember feeling that way as a Christian, I remember, you know, doctrines of the devil. I'm surely you remember that kind of lingo, you know, you're, you're, you're reading doctrines of the devil. In other words, you know, be, be careful. Like it's dangerous. Be, wait, what's that one scripture say? Be vigilant, be, you know, yeah. uh, take into thought every, you know, taken, uh, take captive every thought that exalts itself above 
God or above whatever, like that kind of lingo lends itself to anything outside of this message folks is dangerous. Well, I definitely remember as a Christian, you know, like they would talk about doubt being a natural, normal thing, but there were just also certain things that you weren't allowed to doubt or to question. You know, if I doubted the inspiration of scripture, for example, you know, uh, or because one thing that I felt a lot when I was a Christian was that like the, the Pauline epistles yeah. and all his writings, uh, a lot of times just seemed kind of weird. Sometimes he just kind of rambled. Sometimes he said things that seemed potentially contrary to the gospels. And I was like, why are we elevating this to the level of scripture instead of just like some dude's sermons? Right. You know, that's how I felt. But even questioning that, you know, it was just like a, it was like a no go. And, you know, questioning whether or not all scripture was inspired. If, you know, you know, just having any sort of questions about any of it was just, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And some people might not understand what, what, uh, what you're referring to with the the scriptures the so the group that you and i were a part of uh it that was one considered one of the 16 fundamental truths and that the scriptures yeah. both the old and new testaments are verbally inspired of god and are the revelation of god to man their infallible authority rule of faith and conduct that they're authoritative so so in that it also it was without error and so whatever it said you know was true which is so i find that so fascinating because in a way it's like no that's not true because everybody picks and chooses yeah you know there there's so much in there yeah and they had so many different manuscripts and they had I mean, you know, one thing I think I said in the podcast before, the Gnostic Gospels, which paint an entirely different picture of Jesus Christ, are just as old as the actual Gospels. You know, it was just that we had these councils and these these people who compiled together these works. And so we, you know, we apply this blanket statement to the Bible, but really the Bible is a series of books that were included in different uh, biblical canons and were brought together by, you know, people entirely separate from the people who are accredited with writing these books. And so it's just, we're, it was always weird for me as a Protestant and a Pentecostal uh, to put so much faith in a bunch of Catholics (laughs) (laughs) who essentially had comprised the Bible in terms of how we have it today. And that's now, dude. So say that but. again, say that again, Kyle, cause I don't think people really understand like how we got the Bibles. So say it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a compilation of different books that they've found or uh, in the case of most of the new Testament letters. Right. And they've just compiled it together and you had several councils that determined which books needed to be in the Bible and which didn't. And these were, and this was course, like the Catholic church. Yeah, it would be the early Catholic Church. Yeah, uh, that a lot of these first councils. Now, the Catholic canon today is different than most Protestant Bibles, but you know, it's yeah, because it has yeah. like first and second Maccabees and yeah, and uh, Tobit, I believe, as yeah. well. Which is what just an other ancient writings that yeah, 
yeah. And I mean, to be fair, I, I feel like they probably should be in the Protestant Bible too, because we did have to learn about them. Right. But uh, and some interesting stuff happened. Uh, yeah, I think the Book of Maccabees. Everyone thinks that Daniel, the Book of Daniel, is like a doomsday prophecy for the coming end times. No, he prophesied about the things that happened in the Book of Maccabees, uh, and then. Later, Jesus references some things that Daniel called the abomination of desolation that happened in the book of Maccabees. And yeah, there's a whole yeah. whole thing to that. But yeah, I mean, it's just there were just a couple of dudes putting things together and saying, well, yeah, God inspired this whole work as a single book. And it's like, eh, did he? <laughs> yeah, did he? <laughs> yeah, because that's the other so curious thing that most Christians don't know that that what we have as the Bible today wasn't what well for sure wasn't what jesus was reading and and it wasn't even what the early church had and it wasn't until 382 or even later than that to what we have as the bible like today like what the bible is today when was that actually put together because a lot of people thought what 382 a.d was when constantine or was that the the Council of Nicaea? Is that where they decided? Uh, I can't remember. I think there was a council around 400 and another council around 600. Okay. I could be wrong, though. Okay. It's been a while since I've done that early history stuff. But, sure, sure. Yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can tell you that in the time of Jesus, what the Jews believed would be different. In fact, you had like three different uh, priestly groups. Um, so the Pharisees... They believed in the coming Messiah. They believed in that books of the prophets as well as the Septuagint. And then the Sadducees did not believe in a coming Messiah. They did not believe in angels. They just had uh, the book of the books of the law. And then you also had the Essenes, which is probably who John the Baptist was. And they were the ones who did baptismals. And uh, yeah, I mean, even in the time of Jesus, what was considered scripture amongst the Jews varied greatly and what books they included in their holy text would vary. Isn't that fascinating how what what we have right now I, I don't even know I, I don't know if I can get the words out to say this, but what we think is true and what we think is accurate right now is just based upon where we are in space and time, like right here, right now, you know, in the year twenty twenty three, right here. If if you were to yeah. pluck us up and then put us back at you know 1200 uh, AD, it would be <laughs> we would be like not understanding. You know what I mean? Like there would be a whole yeah. nother. Or if you went back even further, like you know people don't understand this, but how we how people in America view God or Jehovah or Jesus or Allah or whatever is the current religions and gods today you go back far enough what zeus was as real as jehovah god is um Um, the thing that gets me too and this is something that i don't know maybe i've alluded to is that you know the belief in god is just a blip on a timeline you know 300,000 years old at most maybe older well maybe you know if we go back to even early humans before our species but like you go back 10 million years ago, no no uh, mention of God anywhere. Now, granted, nothing could really talk as we understood sure. it. But like for the most part, life on planet Earth 
has existed and there's been no interaction with God whatsoever. And then supposedly a couple thousand years ago, God started then suddenly interacting with life. Right. And, uh, you know, granted, I guess other organisms can't write things down or talk, but it's just, it just seems to me that the belief in God and the supposed evidence for God coincides with the existence purely of humanity, which is just a blip on the timeline yeah. in terms of even just Earth's history and the history of life on Earth. Right. And so, I don't know, it just kind of dwarfs the belief of God, in my opinion, because, I don't know, where was this God for 4.2 billion years? Right. <laughs> but... Right, and why wouldn't he have just written out the books the, when the first humans came on the scene and had all the complete works done and just said, this is all you need for life. Here, yeah. here you go. Since I created you, now here's the manual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, the, I, think I've, I think it was Sam Harris that talked about how, you know, if you, you, know, if you read the Bible or the Koran or, or whatever, he said, you read any of these holy books, there's nothing in there that, that you read that could have been written by a divine, all-powerful, all-knowing being. Like everything that's in these holy books is is comparable right with the times in which they were written. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like they weren't talking about Apple computers. They weren't talking about satellites. They weren't talking about going to the moon. Well, no. why? Well, because they didn't know anything about any of those things, which is – that's what also is very curious when you think of going back to the original, why we're talking about this, about the, the scriptures being inspired inerrant, you know, God breathed. Well, were they though? <laughs> because there's just nothing divine in there. Now, not to say there's not, it's not good literature. It's not great thoughts. It's, you know, just like people have great thoughts today. Like there's definitely some, you can put in meanings and in, in much of it, and it can be very profound. You know, the, some of the parables and the stories, they communicate a great message if you really study them. You know, they're, they are powerful, but not in a divine way where yes. like, oh, wow, this knowledge is superior to what humans knew at the time. That's not the way it is. Yeah, there's certainly the value of like shared human experience and seeing that that shared human experience you know, spans across thousands of years. There's a, yeah, I mean, I think that is probably the closest to true spirituality we can have is a sort of, uh, you know, primordial connection with people who lived thousands of years ago and the, uh, the experiences and the thoughts and how they've come up with ideologies to deal with maybe certain social issues or what they even perceived as metaphysical, metaphysical issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely very interesting. And, and uh, even Christianity spans. So you and I were a part of what would be considered the evangelical, um, Christianity, which believed yeah. in the, in the inerrancy of scripture. But then I think a lot, many Protestants, like you know, Methodist, Lutheran, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, those those groups, which are different than like the Nazarenes, Southern Baptist, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal, Charismatic, they're all what we call evangelical. And I guess I I guess I have a question. What what before I launch off into the difference of what they believed as an evangelical, you believed in the you know inerrancy of Scripture, but you could be a Protestant and and believe that 
not believe that. Believe that it 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 does have errors and it does have consistencies, but the overall meaning of it is is solid, I guess. So, what is the technical difference between a Protestant and an evangelical, or is that even just a regular Christian and an evangelical Christian? What's what's the difference? <laughs> I mean, I think uh, all evangelicals are. Protestant, Republican, as all. well too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like if you're um, evangelical, sure. <laughs> you're Republican. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was uh, one of the few at CBC who voted for Obama. That was a uh, yeah. Sharing that was not a wise decision, but yeah. um, no, because that he was the Antichrist for most evangelicals. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and there was only like seven liberals on that whole campus. But <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I think. Some Protestants aren't evangelical. I think you uh, maybe maybe the Calvinists. I don't know. I know that not all Protestants are evangelical, but all evangelicals are Protestant. Oh, okay. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they have evangelical Catholics. Uh, Actually, I've heard that they do. Oh, they do. I've okay. heard that. Yeah, I've heard that there's some evangelical Catholic churches, parishes, or whatever you call them. Yeah, I have heard about those. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Like you're gonna have tongue talking Southern Baptists. You know, you have. That's the weird thing about Christianity. There is no way in in heaven that all Christians (laughs) see things the same. I mean, that is um, almost Christian to Christian. There's just vast differences. You know, whether tongues is real, whether healings are still around today, or they passed away with the prophets. I mean, there's there's so many. You know, once saved, always saved. You know, it's meaning once once you give your heart to Christ, like really give your heart to Christ, which is so funny because if you ever backslide, then you apparently really didn't. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, you were never yeah, actually. A yeah, that's such a that's so, so that's such a farce. It's such so a ridiculous Schrodinger's <laughs> salvation. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, but you know, once saved, always saved. Or you know, you could sneeze and and lose your salvation and need to, you know pray the sinner's prayer every Sunday and you go to the altar and repent of your sins. And, you know, there's just all sorts of differences. Uh, Sanctification within the Nazarene church, they believe that you could reach full sanctification. And of course, then the assemblies of God, we were tongue talking. We were full of the Holy spirit. We allowed the spirit to speak through us, which is just so interesting. (laughs) Were you a tongue talker? I was. Uh, one thing, though, I differed from the AG is that I did not believe it was the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, really? Okay. So I even had my own personal interpretations, even oh, though really? I did sign off on all the 16 fundamental truths. Yeah. Because you had to. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. Yeah, the two things that I disagreed with were a pre-trib rapture and a, uh, yeah, that speaking in tongues was initial physical evidence, even though I had spoken in tongues, because again, you also had to in order to become a licensed minister. In that wild, I forgot about that. Yeah. I had friends who had never spoken in tongues, so they couldn't go into ministry. <laughs> the wow. They were waiting on the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that they could become a pastor. And uh, some of them had just never happened. Interesting. Yeah, one of the other challenges that since I've walked away from Christianity, you know, and I I still obviously write a lot about it and think a lot about it and have conversations about it. One of the other things for me that 
that has come to to light that I look back on as a toxic teaching is the one on I'm nothing without Jesus. And yeah. you know that I may have even had a t-shirt at one point in my <laughs> Christian life. <laughs> <laughs> I am unworthy or I am made worthy by the blood of Jesus. I yeah, I used to feel like that was such a beautiful thing. <laughs> and until <laughs> now that I really think about it, it's like so you're going to make me unworthy. You're going to make me a piece of shit and then demand that I love you and that I believe in you in order to be worthy, but not worthy in and of myself, only worthy because of I'm covered in the blood or that Jesus is now in my heart. So it's, you never, I'm never, ever worthy. The Christian's never worthy. What makes them worthy is Jesus. Am I misinterpreting that? Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent accurate as far as I understood it. Yeah, that's only you, as you are, are condemned to hell, death, and destruction. But because God so loved the world and wanted to see it restored to Him because of the evil that humanity brought into the world uh, through the blood of Christ, He's able to look past your transgressions, and uh, through Christ, you are made worthy. But no, as your natural state, you're a piece of shit. So, (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short commercial break. This episode is sponsored by Viagra. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) We'll we'll be right back after this commercial break. And we're back with Kyle Haas talking about having the God talk. Uh, Man, I feel like I've come a long way. And I hope that I continue to to move this way where I can be very compassionate about anyone's beliefs, whether I think it's nutty or not. And, <laughs> and I struggle sometimes, I guess, with it, you know, just like that, po- you know, I still do the posts. Obviously, it doesn't bother me bad enough to shut my mouth. So I still <laughs> post stuff. But sometimes it, it riles me up, you know, it gets me, gets me riled up and it, it, and especially, obviously, I guess, well, for me, I, I want to get to a point where I can post something and I literally don't care what anybody says or posts, um, you know, where I could actually read yeah. their posts. And even if they're like, you're going to hell, blah, 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 that I would just read that and, and it wouldn't affect me at all. So apparently I just still have some work to do or, you know, I think it triggers me because it's, it's my past. You know, people might say it's the, it's the Holy spirit convicting you. (laughs) Uh, Definitely not that. Um, But it just, it, you know, it, it does kind of not, and not that doesn't trigger me in a way of, you know, I hope I'm not wrong or I hope I'm not, really, you know, a mouthpiece for the devil now, (laughs) you know, I I hope that I'm not literally making Satan grab the KY jelly and, you know, whatever, like I forget all the (laughs) shit that one Merle dude said, but you know, it's like, I, that's, and I mean this genuinely, like, that's not, I don't have that thought. Like I, because I, I'm so, I guess as certain as Christians are about what they believe, I'm as certain about what I believe, you know, I, or at least my lack of, I guess, um, yeah. you know, do I think that, that 
the Bible God is the one and we're going to pay judgment and that you have to accept you. No, I don't believe any of that. I, I find that to just, no, I, I don't, I don't kind of believe it. I not even a quarter of a percent question. Maybe like, I just don't uh, have that. Like if I was on my deathbed, would I like go, okay, Jesus come, I'm sorry. Like, no, I wouldn't. I would just go to, literally be on my deathbed going yeah of course it's not true <laughs> like i'm i'm, I'm gonna die no, and, yeah and I, now i don't yeah, claim to know is, what where i'm going or what's gonna happen but i know for fucking sure there's no heaven i'm going to or no hell but someone especially if you got famous would make up a famous deathbed confession that you got saved again right they they did it to Darwin, who supposedly said he was wrong about evolution right before he died. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, which, I mean, he was a Christian. His father was a clergyman. I mean, he believed in God. and He still made it all, at least as far as I understood it. But yeah, but probably in a different way. Evolution challenges Christianity today. People are saying that he denied uh, the theory of natural selection, but yeah. yeah, or how LeVay on his deathbed said I was wrong, you know, because he was the one who created uh, modern day Satanism. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the The funny thing for me also is when people talk about evidence. I, I I've been a Christian all my life, and uh, the evidence does not lead in favor of Christianity. No. You know, and so. I find that just so curious. I just find that so curious how that you know, standing before the a court of law, it just wouldn't stand up. It wouldn't hold to any kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just zero evidence. And, well, and the funny thing is too, is, you know, I think Christians a lot of times understand that there is no evidence because when they hear other wacky beliefs, they're like, those beliefs are wacky. You know, yeah. astrology is bullshit. Why would right. you believe the stars have anything to do with your personality? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Why would the stars have anything to do with your personality? But then they're like, but this God created the earth 6,000 years ago, and I've never physically seen anything to corroborate any of this, but because I grew up in it, you know, that's or yeah. because I lived in a culture where it was at least in the background of everything I did. Well, and it's also how Christians view other religions. Yeah. You know, they view other religions as false. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, like, well, always... that seems crazy. Like, oh my gosh, the Hindus believe they believe weird stuff. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> They believe sometimes weird they, stuff? Sometimes they view it in the same way an atheist would. Sometimes they view it uh, other religions in the, in the same way an atheist would. Or sometimes they view it as, you know, those are just demons over yeah. there making up religions kind of thing. But, yeah, I heard yeah, an I atheist mean, debate that. And he said, he said, you Christians feel the same way about uh, Islam as I do, that it's a false religion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, when it's your own, and I mean, to be fair, that's what I thought too. When I was a Christian, I really felt like I had the real deal. But I remember there were a couple times here and there. I was like, why is mine real and theirs not? 
and then as I learned more about religious experiences, like, uh, you know, every religion across the world has some claim of miracles. Uh, Shinto priests in Japan, I think, have been known to speak in tongues. You know, so these these practices that I thought were unique to my religion, as I got more exposed to other people and other religious practices, I started realizing, no, nah, I mean, this is just standard religious experience, right. which is interesting that it's a phenomenon. But yeah, well, and not just experience sound unique. Absolutely. Well, not just those kind of experiences, but also unique, powerful, life transforming experiences. Every yeah. religious practice has them. And so there, there's something deeper, right? There's something deeper. If, if Hindus are having an experience with their God, Christians are having an experience with their God, Buddhists are having an experience with their whatever spiritual practice and, you know, Taoism and every other, you name it, different, and even atheists that have profound natural nature experiences. Well, so what's, tr which one of those is true? They're all the <laughs> It, it, it like they're all having these experiences. So it seems like if it would be something deeper and beyond that's more profound than all of them. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I think, uh, religious experiences, an interesting phenomenon. And of course, religion itself is, you know, it's existed in humanity for as long as we've existed yeah. and in every culture. So, I mean, obviously there is some sort of, uh, function for religion for us but um yeah i think the supernatural claims obviously they differ from one religion to the next some religions outright deny the supernatural claims of other religions and so we, we can't say that they're simply all true you right. know that might be a nice answer uh but you know there's also no evidence to support any of these supernatural claims of any of them as far as i'm aware you know, so whatever religion is and whatever purpose it serves uh, for our psyche, um, you know, it, it, it's beneficial. But the spiritual beliefs that stem off of it and sometimes the ideas that stem off of spiritual beliefs and the doctrines uh, don't have any significant foundation, uh, especially when being compared to each other, but also can sometimes be dangerous. You know, I mean, they stoned to death homosexuals in the Old Testament. Yeah. That's not great. Yeah. 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 The that's Sam Harris's big fight with religion that it's through religion that has led to some of the most grotesque tragedies, you know, of done in the name of religion. Not saying that everybody that does things bad is is a religious person. Clearly not. Um sure. yeah. but but in the name of you know, in the name of like the guys that flew the planes into the twin towers, that was in the name of God. You know, they were doing that as a, as soldiers of the, of Allah. Yeah. You know, so that's interesting. You know, reason didn't drive them there. It wasn't, it wasn't atheism that drove them there. It was specifically in their mind. Now, clearly all of us think that's wrong. Um, but just as real as they felt God was calling them to do this, you know, Christians feel called to do whatever they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 uh, I've often wondered this too, what, 
what religion, you know, like you said, religion was, I, I'm with you. I think religion was hundred percent just created by man. It was an invention of man. Um, just like we invent stuff today, just like the works of Harry Potter, just like the works of anything else. I, I think it, it was a, a man creation and it has all evidence of being a man creation. I mean, clearly, um, plenty but, evidence that some of it was a psychedelic trip too. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that, that they were, they have found psychedelic, uh, in altars, uh, ancient altars, as well as marijuana. Uh, yeah, um, as part of the ritual and part of worship, and and they, you know, I heard. I don't know if this is a totally way out there uh, 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 theory, but I heard that someone said that uh, that they think possibly that psychedelics and marijuana might be uh, a key to our evolution and our growth. Uh, some people do think that, yeah, because our brain expanded at a rapid rate over the course of two million years. And so they are wondering, and I think there's more to it than that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, psychedelics and drug use have <laughs> been a, uh, a common theme across uh, humanity's existence. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, I would be interested to see if they find out more on that. I think right now it's more just a, a hypothesis. Oh, hypothesis solid, there we but, go. Yeah. Yeah. That, but, uh, you know, there are the thing I think that, that where God fits into to this, this conversation is I think that that's what, how I view it. Again, this is my personal thought and my theory. I think that we as humans didn't know things. And we didn't understand things. Where's rain come from? Where, where does just why things grow, why they don't grow, you know, all the things, you know, in, in the beginning back way back when we didn't know. So of course rain was coming from the gods and, or, and of course death happened because there's something bad or evil, something beyond, because there were so many unknowns they didn't know. And so, they didn't realize that disease was just a part of life. It, it it wasn't like an act of the devil. It wasn't some evil spirit. And so we as humans just started, we created God and started putting God in certain places. And then over time, oh, okay, there's not a sun God. That's just the sun. <laughs> you know, there's not a, a rain God. There is just rain. And it happens because of the water cycle. Yeah, I mean, it's just like there's. We started ha earthquakes happen because of tectonic pl uh, plates. It's it's not the devil trying to or God trying to swallow up people. Like, you know, we started learning things and start ascribing things to it. And you know, I'm sure the God of way back when and the God of today is so different in how it's yeah. viewed, thought of, treated, everything. Uh, you know. Uh, this, what's so interesting, I think that I've come to understand a little bit more is that not only is Christianity, like evangelical Christianity specifically, it's very new. It's very like the view of an evangelical is like really, really new. Yeah. For a 2000 year old religion, it's like maybe what? 100 200 years old right right 
And then, but yet this one that over the last hundred years, this is, this is finally, this is the truth. Like right. this is the, this is the Can gold just, standard. We keep getting closer and closer to that truth every decade, you know? Uh, I mean, we had, I had more progressive interpretations than most other Christians by the time I was at the end of my faith. Uh, and I was like, no, this is the real deal. This is what God always intended. When he said, women be silent in the church, that wasn't what he meant. Um, now we have an understanding of the letters and he wasn't referring to all women. He was referring, I mean, we, you know, you just found context to do whatever you could to modernize your view. Yeah. Well, because it would, yeah. yeah, it would just appear so archaic. Yeah. And which it, it, which, you know, <laughs> you and I've talked about this. It is, you go to, you go to yeah. a, you go to a assembly God church and you pick any assembly God church, walk in there. You, you, you're going to feel like you're still in the 1980s, maybe 1990s. Like it, it's something, and not just, I'm not just talking about decor, even though that can also be true. That's I've, <laughs> I've noticed that it has like a mothball smell and, and you know, the congregation is built. If they hold to those, you know, homosexuality is a sin and the inerrancy of the word of God, 6,000 year old earth, you know, if they subscribe to all those specifics, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a lot of old people in there and uh, <laughs> it's going to smell old and you're going to feel like you went back in time. They're, they're going to talk about things that you are literally do it. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm telling you, find an assembly of God church in your town and go visit. <laughs> It'll blow your mind. Definitely. Talk to some of the older congregation about some things. I mean, you know, yeah. I was AG, I guess, and I believed in evolution, but I kept that to myself. Cause even though I found other people in the AG who did, you talked to anyone who was, I mean, even my age, but especially when you were like five, 10 years older, you know, the gap wasn't that big and it was just like, no, that's wrong. Yeah. Playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, you might as well just be worshiping the devil. Right. Or Magic the Gathering or watching Harry Potter. And Yeah. I mean, not everyone believes that way. Obviously I have an entire friend group from CBC and we get together every year when we play Dungeons and Dragons, but it's a, yeah. Uh, yeah, you just, you will find some outdated views. And the thing that still is jarring to me is, uh, you know, just sometimes the the offense that Christians have when it comes to, I guess you could say, things that people believe that don't necessarily impact them or, you know, just the the need. I mean, for example, we have a friend who uh, there was a gay coworker and they liked this coworker and they were a Christian, but they still had to specify that they don't support that lifestyle. <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> you don't need to say that. You don't need to say that. It's yeah. just one of those things that like you're, you're living your ordinary life. And then, you know, someone says something like that and you're like, Whoa, I just got taken back 20 years ago when calling people gay was still okay. <laughs> right. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like that, that's not even a, I, I saw, I think I, I may have told you this, but I had, I was looking through some different videos for another podcast I was going to do. And so I was watching some videos on, on 
you know, marriage and dating and all that stuff. And a lot of, a lot of Christian groups do that material. <laughs> so, you know, I kept yeah. running into just all these different, um, questions, videos, these videos dealing with certain questions. And one of the questions was, is it okay to engage in oral sex for Christians? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, dude, I, I laughed my head off and then I had to watch the video and I had to watch it multiple times because dude, I kid you not in this video, the, the husband's doing like the little intro and then his wife is repeating just what they were going to talk about, which is, is it okay to engage in oral sex in a Christian marriage? So that's the line she was trying to say, dude, she couldn't even hardly say the word oral sex. It was so funny. Like she so fumbled it up. She's like, we're going to talk about it. Was like, she just, it was just funny. Like it was, I rewound it, rewound it, rewound it and kept watching it. Cause it was so comical, but they did this whole video and it had quite a few views. Like, I don't remember specifically, but I mean, it had a lot of views. Like, I think it was like a lot, 200 and some thousand, some views, you know, the Christians were, were watching this video and maybe more, but anyway, they were literally discussing about oral sex in a Christian marriage and, and, and they were like, okay, you know, I know today's going to be a hot topic. And I was like, how, how is that? That'd be like, if I said, Hey, we're going to talk about something pretty edgy. We're going to talk about floppy disks. I mean, it's just <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just so, it was so funny. And then even what they said was just so archaic. It was like, do you guys even know what oral sex is? Oh, goodness gracious. I don't know. Well, and a lot of that actually does kind of come from the Bible. I think it's in the Old Testament, possibly, I don't remember what part of the Old Testament, but there was a story of a widow who kept going to her husband's brothers because if your sister-in-law was widowed, essentially one of the family members was supposed to marry her. And it was this whole process known as the, the kinsman redeemer. Yes. Basically, she kept going to brother to brother, but none of these brothers uh, wanted to take her under their wing because if they did, then half of their estate would go to her and would actually be, and any kids that she had would still be of her deceased husband and treat considered of her deceased husband and not the brothers. And so none of these dudes wanted to impregnate her, so they kept pulling out. Well, one dude pulled out. And came on the ground, and God struck him dead. And the, <laughs> the thing was that I would rather your seed fall into the bottom of the belly of a whore than lie dead on the ground. And so it kind of reinforced that sex is for procreation only kind of mindset. Right. And that's why a lot of Christians have that mindset. And I remember as a Christian thinking, God, I hope that's not true. <laughs> and then just kind of like writing it off and never addressing it again in any real way because I just didn't even want to think about it. Yeah. Well, isn't that what most most of what the Christian Christians today, you go into any, even in Assembly of God Church, you know, you're going to find somebody that doesn't subscribe to all that the church that they're going to subscribes to, you know, just like yeah. you said about being a, a 
believing in evolution, even when you were a Christian, which was pretty counter, especially again, especially in the evangelical church. What and I hear a lot of atheists will refer to Christians who believe in uh, evolution and science. They call them they're a sophisticated Christian. You know, they're they're sophisticated, and they were talking about how that you know it's it it's harder to debate a sophisticated, or it's at least there's a little bit more challenge in debating a sophisticated Christian because it's not just complete ridiculousness. Like, no, you know, the earth is 6,000 years old. God created it old. That's why it looks old is he created it old. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's like a new antique, you know? Um, so it, it, it's, it's still, it's easy to point out wacko beliefs like, well, like that uh, person, the Stephanie woman that was uh, mentioning um, about subscribing crazy beliefs to all Christians, which, which I didn't do because uh, I, I was just talking about a belief that I had, but I, several people, I don't know if you saw some of the comments, they also were taught that, that dinosaur bones were put here by the devil. They're not real because yeah. it, they're messing up. They're messing up the Christian story, right? You can't have, dinosaurs that lived millions of years ago and then a 6,000 year old earth. So it caused conflict. And then of course, that's not all Christians. Some Christians believe that dinosaurs and men or humans lived and cohabitated together. (laughs) (laughs) road dinosaurs. So, uh, yeah. So they, like you said, they, religious beliefs, even Christianity, even evangelical fundamental Christians, they evolve. Um, they evolve. I'm old enough now, Kyle, I'm old enough. I remember when hearing sermons against, um, interracial marriage, I remember hearing sermons about, uh, men should dress appropriately and women should dress appropriately. Uh, men shouldn't have earrings. You know, we shouldn't tattoo our bodies. Men should have short hair. Women should have long hair, you know, because it's the glory of the Lord. Like all this stuff, like that, the, all this stuff I'm rattling off, people that are listening might be like, that sounds crazy. It's in the Bible. Like, I'm not making this up. Like this stuff's in the Bible. Just Google it. Um, that You know, long hair was the glory of a woman and you know, all these things. So like this stuff is in the Bible. Well, we don't, as Christians today, they don't either a, they don't know about it or they just conveniently forgot about it. Much like you with the cum being in the belly of a whore, you know, you don't want to yeah. like, no, wait, that means giving blowjobs is wrong. I don't want to believe that's true. <laughs> you know? No, stop. Yeah, I don't only want to have sex to have kids to procreate. But that yeah, stuff's no, in the no. Bible. That's what that's what some Christians don't know. They don't understand what they think they believe now. In a hundred years, that'll evolve. Yeah, and probably nobody will be a creationist in a hundred years. You know, evolution will be the normal Christian thing to believe, as well as God creates homosexuals and it's okay. You know, because we're yeah. kind of already. Again, old school people. Yeah, we're definitely headed in that direction, which we should have always been in that direction. Um, Because then you go back to the whole Genesis 1, 26 or 27, whatever it is. You know, we're all created in God's image. Yeah. Well, okay. So 
explain that to me then. <laughs> like if I'm created in God's image, if everybody that, again, I'm taking the Bible as, you know, the word of God, right? Right now. <laughs> so if we're all created in God's image, then that means that's what's up. Like we're all created in God's image, whether you're gay, straight, trans, whatever that, whatever you are, you were created in God's image. You're, you were perfect. So yeah. what's the problem? I mean, yeah. well, we ate from the knowledge of the, well, I, we weren't. Yeah. It's weird because God created, he's a perfect, he's perfect, but his creation was imperfect and we're made in the image of God, but we chose the AI. It, it does get weird because right. how does that, how does that work? If, if God's perfect, he made something imperfect it's in his image and we sin, you know, I guess, yeah, I don't know. There's probably going to be some biblical scholar that responds to this saying that that's not what the image of God means, but it is a, yeah, it is a weird train of thought to follow because what does that say about God? What does that say about our creation? What does that say about existence, the origin of sin? I mean, it, it definitely seems a little bit contradictory. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and then you get into um, sovereignty and get into, you know, if we're created in God's image, and then Judas, apparently, it says in the Bible that he was born to to betray Jesus. Like, that was his purpose in birth. God created him that way. How in the world can you create something a certain way and then judge it? Yeah. You know, Hold like responsible. Right. And so there's a scripture in Romans chapter nine, I think verse 14. What shall we say then? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. It, it does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. And then it says, for scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display the, my power in you and my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. In other words, you're, however you're born is how you were supposed to be born again, yeah. taking scripture literally. So that's fucked and, up. Yeah. He creates you for a certain purpose and then just decides whether or not he wants to give mercy for you, give mercy to you and then send you to hell or let you go to heaven based on how he made you behave. Right. No, I mean, that's obviously the Calvinist belief. Um, Arminianism is a little bit different in that he foreknew what you were going to do before you did it, chose to make you anyway, and then made plans around it more or less. Is right. More, I guess, in Arminian other words, you're belief. choosing it. He didn't choose it for you. You chose it and he saw that you were choosing it. Yeah. Cause he knows the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, you know, when you, it's, it's when, if, well, let me just talk about myself for me personally, <laughs> when I really started doing this kind of conversation and asking these questions and really admitting it's pretty convoluted and, it and, it, and it's really the Bible isn't, as clear as people want to say it is. They can say it's clear because read the scripture and they read one scripture and it says that, well, I can take them to another scripture that will 100% contradict what they just read. 
So there's this, there's this, this, you can make the Bible pretty much say whatever you want it to say. And in fact, we'll, we'll do that here in a minute. I'll go grab my Bible and I'll close my eyes and thumb through it and plop my finger down and we'll read and see what it says. And we can, we could turn that into something, you know, we could turn, <laughs> but I heard you could do that. You could do that with a cookbook. You could do that with Harry Potter. You could do that with any book where you flip through it, stop and start reading and it will speak to you <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because it's words on a page and they speak. And now what, what does it say? You just, you know, we'll do it here in a minute. And it, who knows what it'll say, you know, but we put the meaning to it. It wasn't like there was a divine, like God does not give a shit as you're flipping through a book to have you plop on the right page to read the right paragraph with the words that are going to address your situation. Like that's so, I don't even know what. That's how I was actually taught how to read the Bible. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Someone in the church told me, pray before opening the Bible and uh, whatever you open the page to, that's uh, what God wants you to read. (laughs) (laughs) isn't that wild yeah and i did it for years before i kind of learned better but yeah i'm not gonna lie i mean i I definitely did that at times where if i was distressed and i'm like god what do i need to do in this situation and and if i'm fully honest like fully honest yeah sometimes you'd open it up and you'd be like and judas hung yeah like and judas hung himself you're like okay that's not the one i wanted so you go somewhere (laughs) else and you plop your finger down and it says Go and do likewise. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, right, well, ah fuck. <laughs> fuck, this ain't working right. Let me let me do this again. You know, it's like that lady that said she prayed for a, a parking spot and got front row. And then as she was talking about it, she goes, I only had to drive around the, the grocery store 20 times before that front row spot opened up. <laughs> you know, it's like it would have opened up anyway, you crazy person. Oh, goodness. <laughs> And I now I say all this, and, and there are Christians out there listening to this, maybe. <laughs> and you're thinking, well, I don't believe a lot of this crazy stuff, Timmy. You're talking about. I'm with you. I don't believe in that either. And on on one hand, I would say, good. I I'm at least you're a sophisticated Christian. Um, but you know, I think for me, having decided, you know, I'm just agnostic, meaning I don't know. I choose to believe in some kind of like whether the universe is God or there's some superpower out there. That's, I don't know. I just don't, I have no idea. That's why I would say I'm agnostic. Um, you know, and I still, you'll, you, I don't even know if I've told you this, but like, I still pray over my meals. Um, not quite, quite the same way. You know, I'm praying more as like, I'm just saying to the, to the space i'm hearing it my wife's hearing it you know it's just something her and i do together but it's not we're not d- clearly not doing it religiously and and it doesn't always end within jesus name which is how i could never i had to always end prayers in jesus name in fact if you were asked to pray in public and they said just don't add jesus name as a evangelical christian you were going to say in jesus name anyway because you were going to stand up for the truth and make Absolutely. and make everybody hear the in Jesus name part. So <laughs> the name of Jesus that gives it power. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. But you know, I, so I understand there are a lot of sophisticated Christians out there that don't believe a lot of the bogus crazy stuff that that a lot of the that old school fundamental evangelical uh 
group, you know, I, I think you, you'd be hard pressed to walk into any at least growing, thriving kind of church um, in in your town if you have one. They're 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 not they're not talking about homosexuality. <laughs> they're 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 not no. probably flailing around and speaking in tongues. Um, they're probably fairly uh, contemporary. Their worship is probably much like going to a concert um, and, and good, like really good, like powerful worship, man. I, that's one of the things that I miss about church every week is just good music. Yeah. You know, especially when they were like really, really good, like, man, you know, Oh, TBC had a pretty bumping band. Well, I mean, you probably 57, seven, they traveled around for youth groups and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I remember them. I don't know. I don't know if I ever told you this, Kyle. Do you know I was in a group uh, at CBC called Chosen? Uh-uh, you didn't tell me about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, dude. So I I was the lead singer uh, of a quartet. It was a quartet, and I was the lead vocal because I really couldn't sing harmonies. I was mainly just a lead vocal, um, and we would do hymns and you know, real contemporary, not scratch that, not contemporary, scratch that. We did hymns and classics, you know, classic quartet. And on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. I mean, that's the, we would sing that and then we'd have all four part or all three, four part harmony. And it was just awesome. We had an unbelievable piano player. Her name was Christy. I can't think of her, her last name right now. Um, but man, she could play and play that piano and sing. Oh my gosh. She could play that piano and sing still, still does. She's still actually in ministry. Um, she, she married one of our, uh, she married a guy named Daryl. So her and I broke up her and Daryl started dating. Well, her and Daryl uh, got married and he became a pastor and she was like the worship leader and all that. So, yeah. Anyway, so her, me, her, excuse my girlfriend at the time, her, me and her and two other people, which I can't even, I couldn't even tell you who they were. Two other people made up this quartet and we traveled around representing CBC as one of the CBC singing groups that would travel on the weekends and during the summer. Huh? I didn't know that by, no, we, uh, well, by the time I was at CBC, we all made fun of the music majors, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was a pastor major. Oh, you were a pastor. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we had weird majors at CBC too, but yeah. at least they were accredited. So yeah. Uh, I was going to say something, and I forgot what it yeah, was. Yeah, CBC is gone, by the way, everybody. It is. It's it, closed down. It, yeah, I was talking to a lady the other day, and uh, her dad is an Assembly of God pastor, and because I told her, I said I have, I have a podcast, and and I said, but wait, I said, are you religious? And she goes, Yeah. She goes, I'm. Pentecostal. And I said, Oh, I said, never mind. You won't like my podcast. <laughs> I said, you probably shouldn't listen to it. It would irritate you. Uh, but she seemed actually, she seemed really cool. And she goes, no, she goes, I love hearing other people's thoughts and especially she's, you know, people's journeys. And so she seemed, you know, again, she's young, right? So she's her, her, she's evolved a lot since when I was her age. Um, yeah. you know, anyway, I, I don't know where I was heading with that, except that her, her dad's a simply God pastor. Oh, and so he graduated CBC, and I guess he was there when I was there. 
Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I thought I kind of recognized his name, but not fully. Um, but we were there during the same time. So he would definitely know about me because I made, you know, news being kicked out for drinking that <laughs> wine cooler. But uh, anyway, uh, the long story short, the reason I'm saying all this is about his, uh, he didn't know if his ordination was still, she, his wife asked him one time as a joke, she goes, wait, is your ordination still even good? Uh, is your, you know, diploma still even good from CBC? Cause they went out of business, closed down. And he goes, yeah, I think it voids everything. Ha ha ha. You know? So he's like, <laughs> I'm not really even a minister now. So yeah, I, 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 uh, I, what you, when did it close down? Were you the last year it was open? Yeah. I was. Oh, so you're the reason they closed down. Yep. They were <laughs> like, we can't, these kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons up on a second floor flower. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's it. We're closing her down. So that was it. That was the last year they closed the doors and what basically they just what merged with evangel. They emerged with evangel. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, there was a lot of drama around it. I I think I've kind of talked on it before, but yeah, uh, basically it didn't. I mean, it was probably going to close eventually. It was kind of more forcefully shut down by the uh, uh, what's the the president of the Assemblies of God? What's the name for that role? I can't remember now. The general. Um... Ah, oh, shoot. Yeah, I know. I can't think of it right now. Well, basically, he at the time had this vision of more or less merging all three schools, AGTS, CBC, and Evangel into one. He had had it way back when he was a kid. But then more or less, basically what happened is that CBC just shut down. And if you went to CBC, you now get your transcripts from Evangel. Wow. So interesting. So if I wanted my transcripts, they would actually come from Evangel. Yep. So in a way you could say, if someone says, where'd you go to school? You could say, I went to Evangel. Yeah, I could. I could. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, it's kind of weird too now because if I talk anything about my past whatsoever, um, people find out I'm a Christian and then the problem with that is, is that if I'm saying that to other Christians and they immediately are like, oh, you like got a brother here, you know? Right. And then as they get to know me and as I get to continue to talk, they start to realize, you know, <laughs> he's I'm not excellent Christian or right. a nominal Christian or, you know, and then like, and eventually I have to have this awkward conversation of, well, actually, I'm not a Christian. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That sometimes gets a little dicey, but you know, that's, I, uh, that's the other thing I was wanting to talk about, about that sp specific thing. Why does it bother Christians so bad when they're, when people like you and I happen, like why it, 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 I've lost friends over it. And I don't talk about this all the time. I mean, like even my podcast, which I have hundreds and hundreds of hours of podcasts and maybe 5%, 10%, not even no 5% of, of what I talk about on my podcast is this religious stuff like this. Most of all that I talk about is dating relationships and, um, you know, marriage and just all that stuff. And yet I do a pot, you know, I post all this stuff. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. And then I do a post about 
<laughs> something about religion and it just bothers people so bad. What is it inside of a Christian that gets so bothered? I know what they might say it is, but what do you, what do you think's going on there? Like, why is it so bothersome that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, in some sense, it kind of reminds me of like political indignation too, where if you just disagree with somebody, you know, it's, you're just a horrible, evil person. And I don't know if it's like a challenge to their way of life because things all around them are changing. If it's a challenge to their own personal beliefs, if they see someone else who believes so strongly and they're really tied up in their faith and they already have doubts, they have to kind of lash out against that in anger. I'm not really sure what it is. And the thing that also just blows me away is not only the anger, but the refusal of some of them, not all of them, but the refusal of some of them to believe that I actually believe what I'm saying, that I actually do not believe in the Christian God. Right. Yeah. Not just blacks backslidden. Like I literally don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'll talk to me like, no, you actually do. I randomly was talking to a guy at a gym and again, we were talking about our lives and he's like, Oh, you know, I talked about how I moved to Springfield for school and, uh, he said, oh, where'd you go to school? And of course, I had to say CBC. And he's like, oh, so you're a Christian. I'm like, well, no. <laughs> and then I got into this conversation, and he was basically saying, well, I know you still believe. And I'm like, you've known me 10 minutes. <laughs> you don't know that, right? <laughs> but and that sounds like people. such a line I've heard before. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I know that deep down you still believe. You have to, and <laughs> you're just running from God right now. And I'm like, I'm not. And I mean, I've, I've seen that line work on people, like other people, other Christians use it, like for people who were, I guess, actually backslidden when they start crying. So I think maybe that's where that comes from. It's like the one time it actually worked, but they're saying it to me and all I'm just doing is getting pissed off because I'm telling them what I believe. And they're saying, no, you don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> well, I think my, I think that's one of the things that my parents do in, in their minds, they, they in their minds tell themselves or in their hearts that, you know, Timmy is either a going to come back. He's going to return, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart. So, you know, in the end I'll, I'll turn back or that I'm, I'm not, I do down deep actually believe. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just struggling with some stuff. Which I mean, when it comes from a loved one, I can understand because they don't want to think of you in hell forever. But the thing that blows me away is like strangers' refusal to believe. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Well, that like I've known you now ten minutes, and I know I know what you really believe. <laughs> yeah. Deep down. Yeah, I, and I've also heard this said that it's that for a um, someone who's a a Christian, it's it's who they are. It's like, it's their identity. It's yeah. for me, what I believe is just what I believe. I'm me. And then I have a set of beliefs. I think at least I, that was how it was for me. Like I was a Christian, mm -hmm. like, which that encompassed everything I believed at the time, you know, and anything counter to what I believed, I either rejected it, you know, that that's the devil's lies. You know, or I don't know, God knows, I don't really care, you know, um, 
but you just believe certain things. And with, you know, now that I look back, I'm like, what evidence did I have? But, but that's why you teach. I did. I taught so much on faith, the power of faith, the power of belief. And, you know, and you made fun of doubting Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas was a story of what not to be. And so you'd, you know, he had to see it. I want to see it to believe it. So there is this theme, at least that evangelical Christians really teach this. And especially, you know, I went to Rhema, so I went to the Word of Faith school that taught just yeah. so much about faith. It's the believing before you see, which is what it's believing it before you see it is what will bring it to pass. You know, it's you got to see it first in your mind's eye with faith. If you want to be healed, you have to see yourself healed. You know, even if you're riddled with tumors, you have to see yourself healed. That's what faith does. And I used to teach this. I could teach it right now. I don't, I don't. Now I'll be honest. I still, I still have a little bit of my belief system of, you know, visualization, um, name it, claim it, confess it. I don't believe it's magic, but I believe it also helps me focus and stay in tune with whatever it is I'm dreaming about or whatever my goals are or whatever. I don't look at it as a mystical thing anymore, but I look at it as more of a, you know, it's like cheering yourself on, you know, you can do this. You can do this. Don't be afraid. You can do this. Well, you know what I mean? Like it's more like that than I believe that when I say it, it's some mystical fairy dust that gets sprinkled down and, and it comes to pass because I said the magic words with faith, 100% faith, you know, cause that's how they, in the word of faith movement, that's, if you ever, you know, prayed for something that didn't happen. Well, that was easy. You just didn't have enough faith. Right. <laughs> it was easy. Yeah, if it, if it happened, to believe harder. yeah. If you prayed and it worked, then you had enough faith. If you prayed and it didn't work, then you clearly just didn't have enough faith. Like it's so like, that's, I don't know what that reasoning is called except moronic, but that's <laughs> like, that's just ridiculous. Hey, you just needed to believe more. It was back on you no matter what, you know, if, right. if uh, never on God or potentially him not existing, it was, if it happened, then God did it. If it didn't happen, then you didn't have enough faith. Coincidence and just natural occurring things, you know, were not at roll here or even uh, any sort of consistency in things happening as you prayed for them. But, right, you know, I think that's, kind of in line with the hindsight bias that I as a Christian had a lot of too, is that, you know, I see, I make a narrative of my life in terms of how it put me where I am now. And, uh, you know, I make all these, not even necessarily coincidences, just life happenings into something that has a greater meaning and a greater purpose and is directing me towards this ultimate goal that God has called me to. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, start editing facts of your life to, you know, have this neat formative little narrative. Yeah. Well, yeah, because every decision you make obviously clearly has brought you to where you are. So yeah. <laughs> like there isn't yeah. any, like, you know, like, man, if I just wouldn't have gone to, you know, it's just <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like, clearly all of us follow that path and, you know, and unless there's something else out there that I'm not aware of or multiverses and, you know, there's every version of this going on in different ways. And, you know, I did make that decision to go to California after high school in another universe. And that Timmy's living out a different life with that reality. 
and it's unlimited, you know, the multiverse theories, whatever. I don't know. I don't have much of a thought about that. All I know is what I know right now here and with the current consciousness that I have. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to make a decision every day doing various things. So, you know, if I run into someone at the grocery store that I know, that's not magic. <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ran into someone else at the grocery store. People go to grocery stores. You live in the neighborhood here. Of course, you're going to see people, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, now there is something to be said of those times. You'll think about someone and all of a sudden your phone rings and it's them and you haven't talked to them in a while. I don't know what that yeah. is. You know, I don't, I don't, I know that even in science there, there's things about atoms and molecule things that they don't understand how they can be moving at the same rate, you know, thousands of miles apart, whatever. I don't understand all that stuff, but I, I've, I've seen enough stuff that even science has many things that they can't explain. And that's out there. And it's a little trippy. Um, so, you know, as a Christian, you just assign, you just put God in there. You know, what do they call that? The God of the gaps, you know, if there's, yeah. if there's any gap in our understanding, just put God in there. And I'll, I'll be honest, that's probably how I am, you know, even to this day a little bit, you know, how did, how did humans come into being? How did we advance so quickly? And how did we go from furry, co you know, covered like chimpanzee, bohobo types to all of a sudden what we are today with computers and satellites and, you know, jets and rockets. And I mean, it's, it is crazy. Like, you know, when you really, yeah. when you really think about it, even in my lifetime, again, I'm old enough to remember life before computers and social media, before email, before all of that cell phones, you know, so just how much I've seen just in my little 54 years is just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, shoot in my lifetime, the internet went from something you have in your spare bedroom that you can't really use because it screams at you to you have it on your phone and you can use it whenever you want. But yeah. I mean, yeah, life is amazing and humanity is amazing and the things we've accomplished are amazing. And, uh, but I think, yeah, the more you study it more, even in some sense, if you go to, you know, school and actually study biology or physics and you actually get to run tests and labs and things like that, you can actually see uh, a world where maybe a God doesn't necessarily not exist, but maybe isn't entirely necessary. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I'm at is that I don't see any evidence for the existence of a God and I don't see the necessity. And the more I understand about the sciences, the less I see that necessity and the more I can see the transitional steps that a lot of people you know unless again you're taking college courses and probably you know modern college courses because discoveries have changed even since i was in high school uh you're not gonna you're not gonna have that information unless you actively seek it out and so i mean you know i think one of the big hang-ups especially for christians is how life started well that's where they they kind of stick the god of the gaps but we've been able to recreate biological material uh in conditions that we think would have been the sort of primordial soup on early earth and yeah. you know when i studied microbiology we're looking at things like virons and uh, prions and these 
organic things that are not necessarily considered life, but are made up of amino acids and DNA, and they have proteins, and we've been able to recreate those building blocks. And then you can see them in primitive bacteria. And then, you know, in our cells, we have mitochondria, which are essentially our cells a long time ago absorbed those primitive bacteria and integrated them into their cellular functions to produce ATP. And so, you know, you just start, you continue to just build those blocks up and up and up. And yeah, there are some gaps there, but uh, they're not as big or as significant as I think a lot of people think they are or play them out to be. And when you have evidence and discovery surrounding those gaps on all sides, the need for God, I think, continues to shrink. And people can make up their own personal hypotheses a little bit in terms of filling in those gaps. And a lot of people have. Yeah. Where do you think the belief in a, in a God came from? Like what, how do you think that came about? I mean, obviously we don't know, but I mean, what in your mind, how do you think God became this thing? Like, why are we talking about God today? <laughs> I mean, I don't, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know. I think um, there might be an evolutionary function to a belief in God in the sense that if we believe that something is watching, uh, we're more likely to behave. And since we're social creatures, we need things like structure and order and rules to navigate. I think that those make us successful as a species. And so having, whether it be God or your ancestors or something always watching might make you a little more honest, not always, but some of the time. But I think also, you know, we just, it, it seems reasonable to project uh, a God onto creation, a God that is like us, because we see something around us and uh, we think it's created. And because we create, it seems logical that something created all of this. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think if you just look at that basal thought, a lot of people have that thought and a lot of Christians have made that argument. And I think it's maybe just a natural thought process, but I think when you dissect it a little bit more, uh, it doesn't hold up as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it holds up very well. And it is kind of just innate, like in me, like I look around at this earth and there is this feeling of, well, clearly this creation has a creator, you know, yeah. like it's, you're right. It's just very, I'm sure it's innate in me because it was pounded into my life, my whole life. But also, oh, like you said, too. it's just kind of, there's just also that human feeling of look at the beauty, look at this stuff. I didn't create this. So who did? Yeah. Yeah. Where did it come from? Yeah. Where'd this come from? And since we're sentient, it just seems reasonable that something sentient made it, but Sentience like ours is new, you know? right? And uh, I don't know. It's just a uh, yeah. Again, in the scope of life on Earth, you know, the belief in God is young, and the supposed evidence for God is young too. And, uh, yeah, and I think God. I think a God answers a few questions. One, you know, where do we come from? Where are we going? You know, what happens after we die, and what is life all about? I mean, I think those are like kind of the main questions of life and yeah. those things are things that we're all on this side of it. We're trying to still discover and we're still discovering certain things. Whereas Christianity it's, it's closed. It's bookend. Here's the answer. 
we were created by God 6,000 years ago. You know, the whole Adam and Eve story and why bad things happen because they ate of the tree of good and evil and that poisoned everything. And that now women will hurt when they have babies and men will have to work hard and toil, <laughs> you know. As far as we're aware, we're the first life form to be able to ask those questions. So we had right. to have an answer, you know. Right. And that's just it. You know, Christianity, just it, it answers all the questions. What's the purpose of life? Love God, serve, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That's the purpose of life. Where do we go when we die? Well, hopefully if you've accepted Jesus, you go to heaven. Boom. There you go. Well, and I think, you know, there is some degree of mystique around religion, whereas with science, it's it's all, you know, it's supposed to be factual. So when you give a sort of mystical answer from religion or, you know, you a mysterious answer, at least, uh, it doesn't create any doubt in religion. Because right. that's what religion is all about. When you do that for science, people are like, hmm, looks like science failed. You know, right? <laughs> they just don't have all the info yet, but they have a lot of info surrounding them, the unknown area. You know, I mean, so when a Christian says, I don't know, it's, you know, almost a spiritual statement. When a scientist says, I don't know, it sounds more like a failure. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, one of the main, one of the biggest, uh, debates that I found fascinating was the one with the creationist guy and Bill Nye, the science guy and uh, forget that guy's ham something. Anyway, uh, the moderator asked what, if anything would change your mind about God and the Christian guy said nothing. There's nothing that would change my mind. And then they asked the scientists, what, what would, you know, build science guy, what would change your mind? And he's, he just literally goes evidence, <laughs> like evidence, <laughs> show me any evidence to support this claim. And I will go where the evidence goes. Like, just show me the evidence. And I mean, that's really the better way to go about it. I mean, that's kind of scary when you say, I'm going to believe what I believe no matter what, you know, like if I were to say, and I mean, I guess a lot of people say that, especially kind of surrounding politics and stuff, but I feel like our beliefs should have some flexibility and especially when new information comes to us. And so, you know, for Bill and I to say evidence would make me believe and the other guy to say nothing is going to make me change my views. That seems like a scary place to me to say that nothing can ever change your views. Yeah. Well, it's a fixed mind leads to ignorance. I think I'm not sure how the quote goes, but I think a fixed mind leads to ignorance. A flexible mind leads to intelligence that, which is so true. Like imagine if you and I believed exactly what they believed in the 1500s, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever was the prevailing, you know, thought or belief that would um, seem crazy today. The inability to have our beliefs challenged, we would, you know, if we, we would never have progressed anywhere, you know? Right. So, I mean, if we never had changed any of our views, we had always believed what we had always believed and no one had ever changed their minds as they got older or challenged the status quo, there would be no progress. And so I think, yeah, if you just say, this is what I believe, period, you know, you, you're not going to make any progress as an individual. So that, may, that even makes that, that statement when God says, I change not. It's like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, 
God is perfect. So ah, okay. Thank you. You're right. That yeah. that fixes that. He already has all the knowledge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> huh. You heathen bastard. I know. <laughs> man, I really, I really enjoy having these these talks, man. I um I think I've I've definitely softened my visceral uh words when I talk about Christianity. I, I think I've 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 definitely know I know I've come a long way from my personal bitterness towards you know my old beliefs. Um whereas now it's just like no it's a it's a part of my story. You know? It's it's part of my story and it and it you know and I still had a great upbringing and a great family. You know, no family is perfect, but man, it was I was loved and cared for and told I was awesome and I was special in God's eye and God had a you know, special purpose for me. Uh, so I was extra special because the God of the universe was specifically working some shit out for me. So, you know, I, I always grew up just thinking I was super special and then, um, realizing that, huh, that's interesting because my life's pretty much like everybody else's life. You know, I have good things happen and bad things happen. And, you know, it's just, it's like, it's like, uh, then you start realizing that, huh, am I more special than anyone else? And if I am, why can't I figure out how to, you know, make this work or how to do this or, you know, make a million dollars by the end of the week. I mean, if God is all knowing, he could surely just tell me, tell me, he could have told me, you know, 30 years ago, put all your money in this thing called Google, put all, put all your money in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't even have as good as insider trading as a, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi. Right. <laughs> now, you know what? Now see right there. I think that's interesting. I find that curious because if the God of the universe wants, especially if you're in the word of faith movement, you know, God wants you blessed. He doesn't want, he wants you healthy, rich, and you know, all these things. Why, why are none of you experiencing any of those things on any other uh, ratio than the entire world <laughs> you know what i mean like out of 25 name it and claim it rich people or name it and claim it radical christians you're going to have a couple of them that are rich you're going to have a couple of them that are this and the rest are going to be poor that would be yeah. that's the same swath of people that you would take from a group of atheists <laughs> you grab a bunch of atheists yeah. there's going to be some um, rich ones some dumb ones and some this you know you take the church i went to growing up and they was definitely a name it and claim it, but the only rich person was the pastor. So, <laughs> hey, funny how that one works. Yeah, yeah, it gets very, it's very top down oriented. It's kind of like the the uh, multi level marketing things. You know, yeah. who makes the money? The people at the top. <laughs> you know, the the people at the top. They're the ones making the money. Well, brother, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Um, there's any other topic we've we've talked for a good couple hours. I mean, I could keep bringing up different things about um what I what I've struggled with or what you've struggled with and how we worked through it. But we've 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 talked about much of that before, and I I felt like this particular conversation did lean a little bit of a different way. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good combo. Yeah, man. Uh, well, thanks for coming on the show, my friend. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Yeah, see you, Timmy.